righteousness or one who's right, just, and clean. A person who's characterized by fairness, integrity, and justice in his dealings. Being righteous brings a person light and gladness. So let's just boil it down to one word. You're going to be a person of integrity. Okay. Number three. It means to guide right. The people who are the happiest have been guided into the paths of righteousness. So we want to follow after God's paths of righteousness, and you're going to be blessed. It means to, number four, it means to advance or prosper. To advance. How many of you want to make spiritual advancements this year? How many of you want to prosper this year? Of course we all do. And number five one. Um, derivation of ashar is the word relation. The happiest or the blessed people are those who are in proper position or proper relation to God, His Word, the Bible, and the church. So how many of you know if you're in your right relation with God, you're going to be blessed? If you're in right relation with other believers, you're going to be blessed. If you're in right relation... You're in the church, and you're uh, a member of a good church, then you're going to be blessed. And finally, number six, it means to be content. Contentment. So that's a lot. So what I did, I just paraphrased it, and I, I, I boiled it all down to this. God the Father wants you and your family blessed in this new year, and I want you to Get that in your head, just like God's a good God and he's a merciful God. I want you to settle in your hearts and your heads that he wants you blessed this year. Not, I'm just not talking finances. He wants you blessed spiritually. He wants you blessed physically. He wants you blessed financially. He wants you blessed relationally. Okay, so he wants you, God the Father wants you to be blessed this year. He wants you to be very happy Walking in his light. So if you're blessed, you're doing the things you know you're supposed to be doing as a believer, you're going to walk in the light. He wants to lead you in the paths of righteousness and have you advance and prosper. He desires for you to stay in proper relation with him, his word, and the church. Finally, he wants you to be content with your life. So that's just... Just paraphrasing what the word blessed means in the Hebrew. Okay, now, the first thing we're going to look at, and, you know, I'm not too concerned about you because I don't think you walk with the wicked. I don't think you stand with the sinners, do you? Or sit in the seat of the scornful, all right? But many believers out there today are riding the fence and one foot in the world and one foot in, in the church, one with God. So, as I said, how many of you know what beatitude means? What's, what's beatitude mean? It means this. It means perfect blessedness. Perfect blessedness and happiness. So, basically, one Wednesday night a month this year, I'm going to teach you how to be blessed and happy. Okay, so you, after this is probably the only time you're going to get it because you're gone after this, aren't you? 
you'll be gone in February, won't you? Uh, so you're just going to have to get this one. Psalm 1-1, we read it up there. I like this translation because it tells you, it gives you more of a, a meaning and the flavor of the word blessed. Happy, fortunate, prosperous, and envy. Can you imagine being so blessed people envy you? Is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, plans, and purposes, nor stands, which means to be submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to rest and relax where the scornful and the mockers gather. Now, I wish I had more young people here to listen to this and hear this. Your spiritual destiny and my spiritual destiny can go one of two ways. It can go the way of God in his word, or it can go the way of the world. Look, Put up 1 John, the next scripture, would you please? It says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. So why is God's word written to us? So we don't sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse 15, it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world's passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So if you do Psalm 1... You abide forever, okay? So you can see here, you can go one of two ways. Now, I think all of you here tonight have already made a decision, haven't you? Okay. So you're not going to go to the way of the wicked or the path of sinners nor sit in the seed of the scornful. Now, I want to look at these three words, walks, stands, and, and sits. Walks, stands, and sits. This suggests a progression of influence that results from turning one's influence or one's attention in the wrong direction. Now, just this is a positive example, maybe not, because it can be a negative one too. But when I buy antiques and I go into a building that's full of antiques, I just don't do this. In fact, she knows I don't do that. I go lickety split down the aisles, walking very fast, okay? But if something catches my eye, all of a sudden I stop. I stand still. In fact, sometimes I'll just stand there in front of a certain booth, and I'll look at it. If I, if I see something, then I'll begin to look at everything else. Um, I like to pick out, and I'll ask the owners of the malls where the elderly people's booths are. Why? Because they're usually cheaper. They're way in the past. But no, there's some greedy old people too. But I'll run by, but I'll stand still. And then once I stand still and I see something, I hone in on something, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just camp right there. I might spend 15 minutes in one booth looking at everything and examining everything. But what was I doing? I was walking and something caught my eye. It's the same thing in a negative sense. So let's look at it in a negative sense. Should an alcoholic um, spend his time around a bar? Hey, should you? No, uh-uh. 
Because what happens if you walk by that bar and all of a sudden you see Joe in there, your old buddy. And Joe says, come on in. Let's have a drink. I'll buy you a drink. And he says, I shouldn't do that. But you go in there. And then what do you do? You're standing in there. All of a sudden you sit down and you relax. You get real relaxed. Because you don't leave. See? Well, you say, I'm not an alcoholic. Well, maybe it's a bakery. Now, I don't see any big obese people here tonight. You're all in good shape. Right? But what if you weigh 600 pounds? And I guess you could be, you'd be trouble walking. But you walk by a bakery and, and in the window is all those donuts. Right? What do you do? If you're like me, you're going to stand there and look at them donuts. Then you're going to go in and you're going to sit down and you're going to eat them donuts. You know who I met at the movie theater last night? My donut man from Daylight Donuts or Delight Donuts. And I looked, he walked up. He's, you know him, don't you? Young guy. He's kind of a hipster, I think. And his folks are in Cambodia for a month. And I went up to him real serious. He saw me, he smiled, and he walks up to me, shakes my hand, and I said, I'm not very happy with you. I got a $30 gift card to your store that was given to me by Abe Shainer. And it's no good. He said, oh, no, 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 it's going to be all right. You can use it. But I don't care if it's a bar or if it's a bakery. Here's another one. Maybe it's Walmart. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Who wants to go there? Well, there are people that do. Get online and look at them redneck people that are at Walmart. So it's a progression. Walk, stands, and sits suggests it's a progressive thing. And, and, and you're influenced by turning your attention towards something in the wrong direction. And that's what you have to be careful. Look at uh, Proverbs 4. This is a good scripture. It says, my son, give attention to what? What should you give your attention to? My words. Incline your ear, to my, ear my, to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Does that mean you've got to work at it? For out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. What? Straight ahead. Don't be distracted. And your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. You know, I like that. And in the margin of my Bible, it says mouth. Lips, eyes, and feet are physical symbols for communication, attention, and behavior. So in the time in which we live right now in this world, are there things happening? Negative things. Yeah. And so you're going to have to be careful. Your kids are going to have to be careful. Your grandkids, if you've got grandkids, you've got to be careful. I, I don't know what was I doing I don't know how many times today I was driving down the street and I look over and it's and I'll be honest with you, don't get mad at me, ladies. But usually it's women looking at their phone as they're driving. Don't you do that. You've never done that, have you? We just broke our mic. 
can be distracted, can't you? I was just like that. That really distracted me and threw me. Now I forgot everything I was talking about. Looking at their phones. Okay, well. But, you know, things can get your attention. I don't care today. In today's time, whether it's television, whether it's your phone, whether it's your hobby, whether it's your job, you can be so... If you're not careful, you could be distracted what's going on in Congress right now. I can't sit and watch that every day. If I did, I'd, I'd throw a brick at my TV. But there's a lot of things going on right now, and that's why it's important. That's why you and I have to give attention to what? And what I'd like to do, and we can, we're not going to do this tonight, but I want to start giving you... One, just one, scripture a week that you'll meditate on. Just one. You can still read your Bible, but I want you to take one scripture and learn, and we're going to talk about this next time, how to meditate that scripture. One a week. Just everyone say one a week. I'm just asking you to do one a week because I don't know about you. Um, Timothy here, he's good. He's very studious. Some of us, our personalities are hard. It's hard for us to sit still and just concentrate fully and look at one scripture and then think about it and meditate on it. And that's all meditation in is chewing on the word of God. We've got to get better at that, especially this year. Amen. So you're going to have to watch your mouth. You're going to have to watch your lips, your eyes and your feet. You're going to have to watch and, and be careful what you're looking at every day. You know, I've learned when I'm, I like to get on. She gets on Facebook, and I'll get on the Internet. I get on Fox News and look at things. But, you know, what do they have a lot of little squares? Have you ever little pictures and little headlines? And they use this all the time um, about a lot about women and about actresses. You're not going to believe what she looks like today. Or, you know, stupid stuff like that. And she's always telling me, don't you dare click on that because it'll get the computer or I'll get a virus and everything. So I'm, I'm just like this when I'm on the computer she's sitting there because I don't want to get in trouble. But if you're not careful, you can. I was sitting one time innocently, and in this has been a few years ago, in, and we have adults here, so sitting in front of the computer, and I hit something inadvertently, and up pops this porn site with two women doing something. And I went, huh, huh, huh. And I clicked off right away, and I ran and told her. I wasn't looking for it. But it was there, and it's that way. The devil sets you up. I don't care if you have problems with alcohol, pornography, uh, donuts or whatever. He'll set you up. So, you know, you need to watch what you're looking at every day. Now, there's three words here, wicked, sinners, and scornful. And, and that's what the Bible says. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So mine, mine says ungodly, New King James, in the margin of my Bible, it says wicked, okay? This is what wicked means in the Hebrews. It means to make noise. I thought that was good. To ma- Congress right now, isn't there? To make noise, to cause a disturbance. 
to do evil, to agitate and aggravate. That's what wicked people do. And, and if you're not careful, they're going to try to be making noise and getting your attention. I don't care if it's in the workplace, wherever you're at. There are wicked people out there, evil people out there doing wicked, evil things. And, and that's why you can't afford to be looking that way or listening that much, to that much. That's why I have to turn Fox News off. I can't watch all that all the time and listen to it all the time. It affects my spirit. You've got to be careful. So you do not want, the Bibles do not walk in the council. Don't go to wicked people for counsel. Where should you go to counsel for? Where should you get advice from? Trusted believers, pastors, people that you know and trust. Don't go to the world. What's the world have to offer you? Then the word sinner means to willfully act. I like that. To willfully act contrary to the will and law of God. It means missing or moving from a standard or mark. Have you ever heard the phrase to miss the mark? That's what a sinner does. He misses the mark. Evil is habitual and a way of life for the sinner. Are there any sinners out there? Now, God loves them, doesn't he? We should love the sinner. All right? It doesn't mean we need to run with them all the time and spend all our waking moments with them. But they're out there. Then the third word is scornful. And that's what you're seeing a lot right now in Congress. This is what you're hearing a lot in the world and even, sad to say, in the church. It says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. See, if you spend enough time, you know, walking in the counsel of the ungodly, if you spend enough time standing in the path of sinners, sooner or later you're going to sit, you're going to camp out right where they're at. You are who you hang around. Amen? Can I tell them what you told me today or is that going to embarrass you? I didn't think it would. Is it okay with Beth? I, th- I thought it was good because he did something that I thought was good. He had, Abe was telling me this morning, he had the sex talk with the boys. Again, I was going to say, if you, if you waited till 18, and, and he gave him, and is that a true fact? Tell, tell me that fact. Okay. Not only that, Listen. So he was having a talk with the boys. And, you know, um, models from Amsterdam. And you can go window shopping in Amsterdam. Do you, are you aware of that? Yeah, you're ex-military. You probably... Okay. So... And but the thing that he was that Abe went on to tell them, and this is what I thought was important because it never registered with me, you know, uh, Mono and Caleb are eighteen. They're considered a legal adult. If they're out with a girl that's under eighteen, what happens? Trouble. Okay, you're dealing with a minor. And I've through the years I've I've seen young man get in trouble 
because they are, maybe they're about the same age, but the court system's going to look at it a little differently. Okay, so these are these are things that you you are important, and yeah, the, you could t- probably the boys were embarrassed. I'm sure I'd like to have been their little mouse there and just watching their face. And, oh yeah, yeah, I bet he, yeah, I bet he would. I never had that. My father never had that kind of talk with me. He told me one thing, and I can't tell you that because it's too crude, and I never forgot that. But, you know, he didn't tell me what to look for. You know, he didn't tell me, you know, you better watch this crowd or be careful. I just, I just learned through experience. And I made some mistakes. Some of us here have made some mistakes, okay? So, it's important. The, the last one, scornful, means those who ridicule God and defiantly reject his law. And this is what we're seeing in Congress right now, are we not? Defiantly, Adam Schiff defiantly stands there and rebels. Proverbs twenty one twenty four says, a proud and haughty man, what's his name? Scoffer. He acts with what? What's one of the, the fruit there, the characteristics of a scoffer? Pride. You see any pride in Congress and some of those people? Sure you do. They think they know it all. Second Peter 3, 3 says, to begin with, you must know and understand this, that what? Scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. Now, I told you one translation talks about scoffer, but they use the word being cynical. Remember Mike Keyes, he said he has, has a hard time and he's gotten better at being cynical. In other words, scoffing. And it, you know, the Bible says there's one thing we can hate. What can we hate, folks? Evil. So if you were in our home and we had TV on and we were watching Fox News and there was Adam Schiff, you'd hear our opinion. Why? Evil. There's nothing wrong with... You've got to learn and discern and recognize evil. We were just talking about Desi. Are you aware of what happened? And when was it? When did that happen? She was at Walmart loading groceries, and she looked, and there was a car, and they were watching. There were more than one person in the car, wasn't there? Or just one? And he was watching her. Well, she hurried up, got her groceries in, got in the car, and then she's smart enough. She she drove around a, uh, the block or something, and sure enough, the car was following her. And then what happened? Did did he just finally got cut off by red light? And she was on her way to the police station. She, she but what was she doing? She was watching. She was. You know, being sensitive, and, and, and Mike is big on that. He's, you know, and, and studies that. How you got to have some, what's the word? Awareness. Be aware of your surroundings. How many Christians are not aware of their spiritual surroundings? They just go through life and they show up at church, but they're not sensitive to what the enemy, lying spirits, seducing spirits, Wicked spirits that are in the, working in the world right now, okay? So we're living in that time. 
I'm going to read. I want to close with this. And this is a good book. It's, it's not the easiest book to read because if you read after Rick Renner, how many of you know Julie through the years has given me devotions, and I, I use his books because he gives the best definitions of Greek words. But this word, book, did you get it first? Okay. It's how to keep your head on straight in a world gone crazy. Developing discernment for the last days. I'm going to read a portion of this to you um, just to end. He says, God's spirit. Now, let me ask you this. What's the first thing we talked about if you want to be blessed? What are you going to do or not do? Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Okay, we want to be blessed. So basically tonight we're talking about you are who you hang around. But he says this, God's spirit will plead with people not to abandon truth and go another direction. But if society chooses to do so, he will release the people to follow their inclinations. That is precisely what the words of Paul mean in Romans one twenty eight, And this is, is entitled, What is a Reprobate Mind? In Romans chapter 1, verse 28, Paul described a God-rejecting society that ultimately develops a reprobate mind. When we think of a reprobate, we usually think of a person who's sick, disgusting, twisted, or perverted in some way. But in this verse, Paul used this word to describe an entire society that has become reprobate. In Romans 1, 28, he wrote, Even as they or the society did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. He says, I want to make it very clear from this verse what God did not do. This verse does not say God gave them a reprobate mind. It says he gave them over to a reprobate mind. The difference is very significant. The words gave them over is translated from the Greek word, and I'm not even going to give it to you. I can't pronounce it which means to hand over, or in this case, to release or to transfer. He says, now this is good illustration, because this is the Psalm chapter 1. This is what I, Psalm 1, what I gave you tonight. He says, let me give you a simple little illustration to help you understand what Paul was communicating in this verse. Let's say you're walking near a muddy pond with slippery banks that you should avoid in order to keep from falling in and getting covered with mud. Because I know the pond is nearby and that you'll get filthy if you fall in. I try to alert you and thus protect you from experiencing this mishap. However, if you know that mu- that muddy pond is there, yet you choose to walk over to it and deliberately dip into that filthy mess, who am I to stop you? It wouldn't be a wise thing for you to do, but if you really wanted to act like a pig and wallow in the mud, you could do that. In the same way, God chose not to hold society hostage against its will. Instead, he honors people's choices and releases them to follow the path of their choosing. What was Psalm 1? Is it a choice? Yeah. Even if they choose to follow their wayward instincts that he knows could have seriously damaging effects. When people do not want to retain God in their knowledge, 
He simply releases them to do as they wish. And as they walk away from God's spiritual laws and his well-established biblical principles, they put themselves into position to become reprobate. The word reprobate is translated from the, from the Greek word A-D-O-K-I-M-O-S. And it means one who is disapproved, unfit, unreliable, and untrustworthy. This depicts a society that has been exposed to a negative spiritual influence for so long and in such heavy doses that it has become compromised, impaired, ruined, and no longer trustworthy. This is the meaning of the word reprobate as used in the New Testament. And in Romans 1.28, it specifically depicts the collective mind of a society or even the mind of an individual that has become so tarnished, tainted, hardened, both spiritually and mentally compromised that it loses its ability to arrive at at sensible godly conclusions. Although God gives people marvelous minds worthy of great esteem, the word translated reprobate speaks of minds that have been damaged by continuous exposure to evil influence and by being bombarded over and over again with wrong thinking. Consider the sobering implications revealed in Romans 1.28. A person's mind created by God to gloriously function can become unfit if it regularly is exposed to toxic environments and wrong types of thinking. It can lose its ability to discern what is morally right and wrong. That same mind may remain brilliant in many respects, and that person who possesses that mind may be a marvelous, marvelously talented individual. Nonetheless, if that person's mind has become reprobate, it is now morally debased, unfit, and twisted in its thinking. In God's view, such a person or even an entire society has lost the ability to think correctly, to separate good from evil, or to judge what is right from wrong. Are we living in that time? And he goes on about um, men and women, men that think they're women and women that want to be a man. And the, they go through the, the, the surgery to become a man or a woman. We're living in the last of the last days. He says, this is why it's so important to guard what you expose your mind to. Now, listen, he says, you must also help your children and grandchildren understand the need to guard their minds against immoral or negative influences. Teach them that this type of destructive exposure will dull people's conscience and adversely affect their minds, which God intended from the start to work wonderfully. This is sadly the state of affairs in the day we're living in. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about the world here tonight. I'm talking about believers that are walking with the wicked, standing with the sinners and sitting with the scornful. People's minds are being inundated, how do I say that? Inundated. Inundated, thank you, with false information and a celebration of various forms of immorality, including a deluge of false propaganda about human sexuality. This is a last day's attack of seducing spirits 
bent on modifying the collective mind of society and creating a way of thinking that is free of moral restraint. This modification process is spreading its tentacles into every sector of society. Even people who grew up in church are now becoming affected and changed in how they view issues that should be set in stone in their lives. How many denominations right now as far as the gay issue? The Methodists? Yeah, it's split in the denomination. How did this happen? It is a result of an unrelenting mental bombardment by wrong people, wrong sources, wrong information, wrong spiritual influences. It's all part of a demonic strategy that is being waged against the human race, including believers, to adversely affect people's thinking, damage them mentally, distort their minds until they can no longer see what is wrong about wrong. Ultimately, this process results in people choosing sides that are opposed to those who adhere to long-held biblical truths. As a result of the collective mind of society being mentally modified, that is, becoming seriously ill-affected and sin-damaged, that society will eventually end up doing those things which are not convenient. The words not convenient simply mean people will do things that are not, not morally right or fitting and that's the time in which we're living right now and if we're not careful what our eyes look at what our ears listen to where our feet take us the actions that we take on a daily basis it's going to affect our lives it's going to affect our families amen so i want you to be blessed so just tell me in a nutshell Tonight, what'd you learn if you want to be blessed? That's what blessed means, but what do you need to do or not do to be blessed? Right. Recognize evil for what it is. It's evil. And stay away from it. Amen? Don't, don't just listen to everybody that's got a story to tell. You might even be another Christian telling you something. Make sure, make sure the word backs it up. Find the scripture. Amen. Don't just be hook, line, and and sinker with somebody when they tell you something. Amen. Let's stand up. I do have an assignment for you. I gave it to you. Read it. Will you do that? Father, tonight I thank you for these people that have taken time to hear your word and to recognize, number one, how to be blessed. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. So I call these people blessed tonight spiritually, blessed physically, blessed financially. And, Lord, they're doers of your word. And I thank you, Lord, you give them by your spirit special discernment to recognize and discern evil, to discern wickedness and to flee from it in Jesus' name. Because you're a doer, aren't you? And not a hearer only. Amen. So next time, we're going to spend all the time on learning how to meditate. Amen. I encourage you to look on Facebook because I'm going to give you a leadership quote every week, and I'll keep it real short and, and 
click on and, and you'll hear see something and, and, and chew on that too. Amen. Is there anything else that I need to? Saturday is the 10 o'clock AED machine. Amen. You want to know why we really got the AED, don't you? The real reason? On Sunday mornings when people aren't paying attention and they're not worshiping and they're sleeping and they're dull, I'm going to get it out. And Abe's going to push the button and we're going to bring you back. Amen? God bless you. Thank you.